When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Three, two, one. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange or Brown Talk podcast. It's the Hey Mary Kay edition of the podcast as we're uh, kind of a day behind here working off that Monday night game. We're going to get back to normal though here with the Hey Mary Kay edition of the pod and I know I've got to watch the tape coming on Thursday, our roundtable preview on Friday. So that's all coming your way this week before the Browns head to Green Bay for Christmas. Uh, now, if you're not a Football Insider subscriber, now's the time to do it. Get all the information you need via text, via our daily newsletter, via those exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash Browns, and there's still time to give Football Insider as a gift. Go to cleveland.com slash Browns, click the blue banner at the top of the page, get info, get signed up, become a Football Insider subscriber, and do it now. All right, here we go. Our Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And here we go on the Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast on a Wednesday this week. We're kind of pushed back a week uh, after that Monday night game. And now, of course, a short week heading to Green Bay and Mary Kay. Uh, Our questions from our Football Insider subscribers, there were a few themes and some folks want to talk about the playoffs. A lot of people tend to believe the season is over. Uh, I think we spent some time on our post-game pod explaining that it was not. So we'll start here from the 727 area code. Hey, Mary Kay, assuming the Browns lose to the Packers, what are their prospects for the playoffs? Well, if mathematically, if they lose to the Packers, their chances will decrease from its current level of 21% to, I think it'll probably end up being somewhere in the, the teens or less or whatever, but really from a practical standpoint, uh, they could still win the AFC North by winning their final two games at Pittsburgh and at home against the Bengals. So all is not lost if they go to Green Bay and lose this football game to the 11 and three Packers. But then you've got to go into Heinz Field and you have to beat the Steelers in what you and I both think is going to be Ben Roethlisberger's last career game in Heinz Field. And their defense is starting to play really well. And or they have been playing really well. And they're going to want to give Ben Roethlisberger the proper send-off. They're going to want to get that nasty taste out of their mouth of losing to the Browns 48 to 37 in the playoff game. Ben would love nothing more than to beat the Browns in that game, his last game, that will either keep their playoff hopes alive or at least keep the Browns from winning the AFC North. So there's going to be a lot of emotion in that game. And what we don't know, Dan, We don't know who's going to be playing in that game at this point for either team. It's the great unknown of the 2021 season. 
COVID-19 and who will you have come game day? Yeah, and the, and the Steelers are such a weird team too, and, and they might be getting some breaks this week as Kansas City is starting to deal with some COVID issues now, uh, and, and Pittsburgh plays the Chiefs. But like that game on Sunday, somehow Pittsburgh wins, even though they were outgained by 318 to 168. Uh, they gave up over 200 rushing yards, and yet they figured out how to win that game, which tells me if they want to if they want to go win a game for Big Ben, they can certainly do it. They they have that capability. They they make you play ugly, and then they figure out a way to, to pull the game out in the end uh, somehow. I mean, what's interesting, and we touched on this in the pod on Monday night. The team that kind of pulls the upset could be in the driver's seat in this division, right? You got the Browns at the Packers. If they pull an upset there, I mentioned the Steelers play the Chiefs, uh, the Ravens still have to play the Rams and the Bengals, I believe still have the chiefs on their schedule as well. So whichever team can maybe kind of pull that big upset, the Bengals do have the chiefs at home in week 17. That might be the team that ends up in the driver's seat. Yes, you're right about that. That is so absolutely true. And in these last games, there are always some surprises, right? I mean, the Steelers beating the Titans, that was a a tremendous surprise. So Usually you have some games like that. That's what makes it so hard to predict. And as you mentioned, now the Chiefs are starting to get hit. And what if it snowballs in the way that it did for the Cleveland Browns? That could happen for any of these football teams. By the time we get to Green Bay, I mean, they could have an outbreak. I saw that one of their receivers went on the list today. So, you know, we just don't know. The Browns kind of had their outbreak early in terms of the massive outbreak of 22 24 players and three coaches but other teams are just starting to roll into them I saw today that Cole Beasley tested positive for the bills and he is unvaccinated and therefore has to stay he's out for 10 days just completely out for 10 days so we have no idea how this thing is going to go because we don't know who's going to be playing or when And like Miles said yesterday, it's still up for grabs. Think about this, Dan. If if there starts to be a a a, a tie at nine victories in the AFC North, the Steelers could win it at nine, (laughs) seven, and one, right? They could win the darn thing. And if they win two, two of their last three, they could win the AFC North. Yeah, this is going to be a race, and and the advantage the Browns have is they get to play the Steelers and the Bengals at the end, so they do still control their own destiny a little bit, If even if they lose to Green Bay. Now, again, they lose a little bit of that control if they lose another game because that puts them at eight losses, Um, and and they're going to need to make sure that it is nine and eight that wins this division, but, you know, that's the path. I I think we can probably throw out wild card options at this point. That's Mm -hmm. There's a lot of obstacles in the way when it comes to the wild card, but uh, winning the North is probably their path. And we talked about this before we hit record. You win the North, it doesn't matter what your record is. You get to host a playoff game. Yes, absolutely. I mean, as bad as everything has been for this football team over the last how many ever weeks? I mean, think about this. That was the ninth time in 11 games that the offense has scored 17 points or fewer. That boggles my mind. It's so hard for me to believe that you can even be winning any football games when when you have 17 points or fewer in nine of your last 11 games but lo and behold they have won several games like that um 
I don't think it, you can sustain doing that. But as you mentioned, yeah, the wild card thing in order, I think in order to make a wild card spot, you're going to need 10 victories. Okay. But you can certainly win the AFC North with nine, because really right now what has to happen is the Ravens or the Bengals have got to win two of their last three. And that's not going to be easy. You rattled off who they're playing. And then there's just a lot of interdivision games. So next week, while the Browns are Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, while the Browns are playing the Packers, the Ravens and the Bengals are going to be playing each other. They're both eight and six, and somebody's going to end up, you know, one game ahead of the other or half game ahead of the other. So, um, you know, these AFC North teams are going to start to cannibalize each other a little bit, you know, and if one of those two teams can win two more games, then, then I think they, they will win the AFC North because I don't think the Browns are going to win all three. I don't think they're going to win all three. We don't even know if Miles Garrett's going to be playing this weekend. Yeah, that, that's or, right. I mean, that's the biggest question. Are, are you going to, are you going to have Miles Garrett in green Bay? Uh, obviously it sounds like, you know, even with Baker, it sounds like Baker is going to be able to play, but is he going to be ready? You know, I mean, are, are they going to want to throw him out there or, or you know, there, there's so many unknowns going, going into this game, even if Baker and Kevin and everybody's cleared by Saturday. So many unknowns, so many unknowns. And as we've talked about, and I wrote about this, we're, we're taping this on Tuesday. I wrote about, about this on Tuesday that, I mean, they're not sure what's, they're waiting as of right now on results of Miles Garrett's MRI on, on the groin injury. If for some reason he cannot play in this game, um, then they would be out. Tack McKinley, who's out for the season, very unfortunate with the Achilles. Tough injury to come back from, tough surgery, tough recovery. Jadavian Clowney was a late addition to the COVID list. He just went on on Sunday, December 19th. So a lot of times it does take you 10 days to get back. And he was symptomatic. He sat out of practice with an actual illness. So we know that he was symptomatic. We don't know if he's still symptomatic, but, um, but he, you know, there's a chance he might not make it back. That's within that 10 days. So you could be looking at a game in Green Bay where you potentially don't have Miles, Jadavian, or Tack McKinley. Your formidable pass rush trio that is one of the major reasons why you have won seven games this season, right? You're not winning, you're not beating the Ravens unless Miles and Tack strip sack Tyler Huntley. You're not winning that football game. That's the reason why they won that game. So, including a touchdown from Miles. So that's huge. If they're, if they're if those guys are out, it's going to be very difficult to even then potentially go into Heinz Field next week. I mean, what if Miles is? Who knows? I mean, what if Jadavian's still out? What if we know Tax out? It, it's just going to be it's going to be tough. They have to hope that Miles Garrett is not seriously injured right now. Yeah. Fingers crossed on that one for, for the Browns and certainly for Browns fans. Yep. So a lot of people wanted to talk about play calling and there were some questions about the decision to run the ball on third down. Uh, but I actually want to get to this one. So Zach in Charlotte says, Hey, Mary Kay, 
I was hoping on the final third down Nick Chubb run play to run out the clock. Alex Van Pelt could have pulled a rabbit out of his hat and gotten creative with a naked bootleg or screenplay, but he got conservative and Las Vegas was ready for it. So the bigger question here from Zach is, do you think the team has gotten too predictable in play calling this season? You know, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes on that. I, I think they have to a degree and I think they've played it safe. Um, for a number of reasons. And they weren't like that last year. So it is a little bit odd, but they had better personnel last year. They had a better passing game last year. Uh, you know, they had their right tackle last year. You know, they don't have Jack Conklin anymore. They don't have much of a receiving core this year. I think that they're calling the game based on what they have available to them. And they're trying to do it as in a smart fashion as they possibly can. They haven't had a quarterback for most of the season who has been all that effective. I mean, it's just, that's just the truth. And we don't know, is it because he doesn't have the right scheme, the right play calling, the right receivers, because he's got a torn labrum. It's so hard to tell. And if you, you know, that's going to be the whole hard thing about the off season. These are unknowns. How do you evaluate that and say, oh, well, you know what? It was obviously because he had a torn labrum and a, heel bruise and he that's not the baker we know well you head into the season like that thinking that it was that and then you find out the hard way that maybe it wasn't that you know that that can be tough and then the receiving core the receiving core needs an overhaul okay the receiving core needs an overhaul Rashard's not coming back I I'm almost starting to doubt if Jarvis is coming back I mean maybe he will I don't think he's going to come back at the cap number of $16 million. So if he does want to be back here, then he's going to have to restructure his contract. I would think uh, because in the year when he's turning 30, I don't know if they're going to want to pay him that much. I think there is some thought that he hasn't really 100% been himself this year and injuries have been a factor. Uh, but I see an overhaul in the receiving court coming and it's time. If you want to have a passing game, uh, that looks like other people's passing games in the NFL, then you have to have some damn good receivers, right? I mean, you have to have some, you know, some Justin Jeffersons and, you know, Jamar Chase, not that he had a good game against the Browns, but you have to have some really, really good receivers. And right now they don't have those guys. They just don't have those guys. And so in some ways, I think, I mean, is it fair to evaluate Baker when he doesn't have those guys? I don't know. I mean, if you take Chris Godwin out of the lineup for Tom Brady, is he going to be, you know, as good as he was with him? Maybe not. I mean, you, you know, you take a, a Darren Waller out of the lineup for the Raiders. I mean, it just gets harder and harder. So we'll see, but I think the play calling has been geared towards the personnel that they have and don't have on their offense this season. Yeah. I, you know, it, the, the smaller picture, I still don't, even though it didn't work, obviously, I still don't have an issue with giving the ball to Nick Chubb on third and right. three. Uh, be, because to me, the the other answer is, like, I, I, and I've seen people say this on Twitter, and, and I don't know if anyone's texted it to us or not, but I've seen people say, well, you got to let Nick Mullins throw there. And I, I feel like if you're typing out, you've got to let Nick Mullins throw there, you should just pause for a second and say, well, are, are you sure? Nothing against Nick Mullins. He played really well yesterday. Maybe it would have worked, but like, I don't mind putting the ball in the hands of Nick Chubb and, and your offensive line, even not whole. 
you did still have Betonio and Treader and, and Teller. I, I didn't mind that decision, even though it didn't work. But I, I do agree with you. I think overall, and, and again, we talked about it a little bit on Monday. This this offense just hasn't had that sizzle. It hasn't had that. We haven't had that game where it's been like, like even the Cincinnati game where they put up all those points. It wasn't spectacular. It was just really efficient. Yeah. We haven't had like a Tennessee game or a, a Monday night Baltimore game where it was just, just exciting plays and, and just up and down the field. And, and that's just, it hasn't happened this year. You know what's weird, Dan? I mean, think about this. Think about the way the season started in Kansas City. It, it looked like they were going to be an explosive offense again this season. It really seemed like it. And remember, Odell didn't play in that game. They thought he was going to play in that game. Um, so even without him, there was this element of, hey, they've got it going on. They work off the play action. But, you know, the other thing is, I really think teams have taken away some of some of that stuff they've taken away what the Browns do best and what Baker Mayfield does best, which is the reason why the Browns wisely pumped the brakes on an extension. You have to see how defenses are going to play your second year quarterback. I mean, your quarterback in his second year in the scheme, what are they going to take away? What are they going to do? And I think, you know, I mean, maybe it's time, maybe, you know, maybe defenses are catching up to the, Shanahan Kubiak offense a little bit maybe they're not I mean maybe maybe you just have to change it up enough each year or you have to have the right personnel to run it I, I don't know they have got to do some soul searching in the offseason uh, because they're going to have to figure out do we have the right quarterback yes they don't have to figure this one out the answer to the next question is yes yes we need to upgrade our receiving core and then the other one is do we need to change up our scheme do we need to change up our play caller? You know, do we need an infusion of a new philosophy? I think Baker would like that. I don't think he feels well suited to some of the stuff they do. Um, so they, they have got a lot of soul searching to do and they've got to find their missing passing. Game. Yeah. And it, it, these are hard questions to answer because let's say you do change everything for Baker. And then Baker comes out next year and it's like, oh, wait, no, this isn't the guy. What, what we saw in 2021 was more indicative of, of who he is. There's big risks. You know, maybe you change everything for Baker and he turns into a top 10 guy. I, you know, I don't know, but that's, I mean, that's what they just have to assess. <laughs> that's why they get paid a lot of money to do it. I know, but you think about this. One of the things that Baker was going to need in my mind to show this season was that he could be a gamer, that he could come from behind or that he could go down in the fourth quarter and win a football game. And it's not easy. You're not going to do it all the time. You're not going to do it all the time, but we've certainly seen the Ravens uh, have opportunities to do it plenty this year. Now their luck ran out on them. They've lost three straight games by a total of four points. I mean, is that mind blowing or what? They've lost three straight games by a total of four points. Wow. But anyways, Baker was going to need to show, at least, like I said, in my mind, that he could pull out that game, that he could close it out, pull it out, and that everybody on the whole team, offense, defense, coaches, and everybody in the stadium, they were going to know that when he had the ball in his hands with two minutes and 57 seconds left and one timeout and needing a touchdown, that he was going to go be able to get that score. And 
I haven't felt that way in a long time. I mean, do you ever feel that way? Do you, do you have that utmost confidence that he's going down there and winning that football game for you? No. And I mean, that's, that's the difference, right? There's quarterbacks that you just know. I mean, even on Sunday, that Ravens game. Yeah. Had they, had they gotten that two point conversion, you're still sitting there a little nervous, like, Oh, there's still 40 seconds left. That might be a little too much time for Aaron Rodgers. Right. You know, but yeah, there's, there's guys that it's just, you know, when you've left too much time, you, you just know, like, Oh boy, we scored too fast. They're, they're going to win. They're going to go beat us now. Yeah. Like, and, and look, Derek Carr did it yesterday. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Derek Carr has that gamer in him. There's something about Derek Carr. I've, we've seen him do it to the Cleveland Browns before. I mean, that wasn't the first time that he's pulled out a victory against the Browns in the end. Uh, I haven't looked up, you know, all of his fourth quarter comebacks and uh, game winning drives, but he's got a significant amount and he doesn't always have the best talent around him either. And there's been a lot of upheaval there. So that's the, that's one of the things that I was looking for from Baker this year, uh, because I think he's 0 for 4 in pulling out a game in the fourth quarter this year. And that's, that's not what you need from your franchise quarterback, but Having said that, would it be a lot easier to pull that game out if you had, like I said, if you had Justin Jefferson or somebody like that? I mean, he hasn't had that guy. So I I don't know. It's it's going to be very difficult to sort through all of it. And I think the solution would be to have your plan B in mind, whether it's get through next season and then look to next year's draft after that, if you must, or go into next season with a, with a potential new starting quarterback, somebody that you really believe can be your guy in the same way that Mariota and Ryan Tannehill were together for a bit. Right. I don't know. I just don't know that you can run it back and hope that it's all going to work out beautifully. It's, it's a bit, it's a definitely, definitely a big risk. I want to get to this question from Scott in Columbus, because this is sort of what we were talking about a little bit. Uh, hey, Mary Kay, is it just me or does this team not know how to finish? When they get a lead, they seem to play not to lose instead of playing to win. Kevin Stefanski and his coaching staff need to take note of John Harbaugh. He may have lost two games going for two, but at least he's playing to win. So... Again, I think this is something we've discussed. We've seen this team blow big leads. We've seen, we just talked about the Baker Mayfield element and, you know, we can go through the games at Kansas City, LA. Um, I think he had the ball with a chance to win against Pittsburgh. I can't remember exactly how that game played out, but again, you, you need to score more than 10 points. There's been opportunities. And then we've also talked about this team has built big leads and then the other team comes roaring back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they finished against Baltimore. They were able to get their defense stepped up and they finished in that game, but it has been an issue in in these two years. It has absolutely been an issue. And in some, some cases I wonder, do you trust your quarterback? Right. I mean, they ran a draw on third and nine. Um, Sometimes I, I do wonder if they feel comfortable putting the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands in the clutch. I don't feel like they do. I don't feel like they want the ball in his hands when the game is on the line. And I think they're so interception averse that they have, 
you know, that at times he's had to play with, you know, one arm behind his back a little bit because they don't really trust that he's going to be able to make the play. Once again, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Could he make the play if he had three better receivers out there that can catch the ball? You know, I would have to think so. Or have teams taken away enough of what he does well, including some of the keepers, bootlegs, rollouts, that he's not as effective from within the pocket because he can't see as well or his vision isn't as good or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to know the answers to some of these questions, but I, I do sometimes wonder if they feel really super confident in having Baker Mayfield try to win a game for them. Yeah. But you know what, this, this is like the chicken or the egg season. Mm-hmm. Like is, it, is it the play calling? Is it the quarterback? Is it right. the quarterback? Is it the weapons? Is it like, right. we can just go through and it, yeah, I, I just think it's really challenging to figure all of this stuff out. And, you know, look, that's why they're back at 500 again. How many times has Kevin Stefanski said we're a 500 football team? And yeah. They just keep getting stuck back at 500. And part of that is what our texter was saying. They just, they aren't closing games or they aren't just going and winning games. Yeah. And you know what? Um, in terms of what happened in this game yesterday against the Raiders, I still believe, Dan, that that they had enough talent on their their side of the ball, the Cleveland Browns, more talent than the Raiders had on their side, that they they still should have been able to win the football game. I really think they should have been able to win the game. I mean, if you just, I mean, just think of the offensive side of the ball alone. If you're talking about David Njoku, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nick Chubb, Dearness Johnson, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, J.C. Treader. There's enough there that you should be able to win a football. Rashard Higgins, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not a pro bowler, but he's he can get the job done. Um, the Raiders, as we talked about on the pod yesterday, they were without their best offensive player or one of their two best offensive players in Darren Waller, which is like taking Travis Kelsey off the field for the Chiefs. Um or taking Mark Andrews off the field if you're the Ravens, right? I mean, that's what that's like. And their best linebacker, their Pro Bowl linebacker, Denzel Perryman, did not play. And they had other issues too. So it wasn't even a, a full Raiders team. And the Raiders were the Raiders played horribly. I mean, I was keeping to they had six drop passes, two muffed punts, two fumbles, one interception, and four holding calls. Including on the final drive. Yeah, including on the game-winning drive. And yet, somehow, they beat the Cleveland Browns. And I'm sorry, but when you have Miles, Denzel, Tack for most of the game, John Johnson, Greedy Williams, Malik Jackson, you should still be able to win that. J-O-K. J-O-K? I mean... Yeah, they were out, you know, a, a number of guys, but the Ravens were certainly, I wrote a list. I don't, oh, do I have it? I, I've got to read this, Dan. Read <laughs> All the this. Ravens corners that, that were <laughs> not available at the last minute. Not just the Ravens corners, but um, the players that they were without, I, have, I think I have it in another notebook. The players that they were without for the 
a game in which they almost beat the Packers, the 11 and three Packers. Well, they were, so, I mean, they were without their starting quarterback. Yeah. They were without their starting quarterback. They were without their top two running backs, JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards. They were without their starting left tackle, Ronnie Stanley. They were without their two all pro cornerbacks in Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. They were without their starting safety in Chuck Clark. They were without their other starting safety in Deshaun Elliott. Um, they were without cornerback Jimmy Smith. They were without wide receiver Sammy Watkins. And that and there are others. Okay. So I guess what I'm trying to say is there really, in my mind, wasn't a great excuse for the Browns not to win that game yesterday. They still should have won the game, especially when the Raiders kept trying to hand it to. So I think, I think they kind of blew it on their own. Yeah. Well, and look, you had your defense on the field with a chance to win. It mm-hmm. didn't happen. Um, you know, I, I, some of the weapons we've talked about, I, I don't think it ultimately cost them because they ended up scoring touchdowns on like, you know, David Njoku, that catch in the back of the end zone, which, which was a great job getting his hands on the ball, but you gotta, I mean, you just gotta find a way to get that foot down. Like, yeah. You know, and, and there was another one where he kind of tried to go up over two D, two DBs and he couldn't haul the ball in. I mean, that's right. the difference between good tight end and like Mark Andrews, right? right? Or Darren Waller or somebody like that. It, it's right. so, it, it's kind of like some of these weapons are right on the cusp of that. And yeah. Maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe they won't, but they just don't have that one guy. At least, you know, and look, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry. I mean, those guys probably fit into that category. But at right. least last night, they didn't have that one guy that could go make a play. But on defense, they had everybody. Yes. The they were only missing – they were missing Clowney. They were missing one of their – they were missing Harrison and Delpit. But they had their key pieces to go yes. get a stop on the final drive. They had their key pieces. They had their Pro Bowl players. They had their two best defensive players. And not only are they their two best defensive players, one of them is – almost the best in all the land and Denzel Ward is one of the best cornerbacks. They're pro bowlers. So you've got those two guys, you've got JOK who's wreaking all kinds of havoc all over the place. You know, I mean, you had enough talent. Most people don't have three amazing pass rushers. Most people don't have that. You know, most, most teams have one really good one. So they had enough. They had enough to, to go win that game yesterday. And, and their, their best guys, I thought, didn't really come up big in the biggest moments when they need them to. Now, Greedy Williams, I thought that was going to be the end of the game. I mean, Greedy stepped up yeah. and made that play when he needed to. And he made other good plays, too. I thought, Greedy, I thought Greedy did well. To make that play in the clutch was really, really good. Oh, and Greg Newsom was out yesterday, too. But, um, but they've, managed, but, they've managed that before. They've managed that before because Greedy's playing so well. Greedy has eased the loss of, of Greg at various points throughout the season, but they, they had plenty enough to win that football game in some way. Like I said before, we, the Colts and the Patriots both won a game this year by either completing three passes or completing five passes, right? If they can do it, why, why couldn't the Browns do that? You know what? I was thinking about that. So I'm going to throw my own Hey Mary Kay here to, to wrap this up. Why can't the Browns be the Colts? I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I know people get upset sometimes when you're like, well, run the football. 
you know, the, I, I get it, right? Throwing is more efficient. But, but at some point, like, you got to look at the team you have. And, and I look at the Colts and how they played against the Patriots. The Browns have, at least when they're healthy, they have at least as good an offensive line. Now, with Conklin out, maybe that's different. But they still have a very good offensive line. They have, you know, Jonathan Taylor's having an amazing year, but Nick Chubb, when he's 100%, is as good as Jonathan Taylor. Kareem Hunt is a very good running back. The defense is playing really well. Right. You know, they, the Colts don't have a Miles Garrett. The Browns don't have a Darius Leonard necessarily, but the Colts don't have a Miles Garrett. Right. The Browns do have a JOK who's pretty good. I, I don't know. Like, to me, I'm not saying I want the Browns to run the ball 40 times a game and completely minimize the quarterback position, but I don't know. Would it be so bad if they, they took a page out of the Colts book a little bit to, to at least figure out how to, to win some more games this season? No, not at all. And I was shocked that uh, that Nick Chubb, and I don't have all the numbers in front of me right now, but that he made 14 yards on six carries in the first half of the football game. I mean, what what was that all about? Part of it is that you're not stretching, able to stretch defenses. But I mean, like you said, Jonathan Jonathan Taylor and these other teams that have that won with throwing the the ball three times and five times, they were able to run the ball. Why aren't the Browns able to run? I mean, Wyatt Teller played. Joel Petonio played, J.C. Treader played. They had three-fifths of their offensive line. They had three-fifths of, of their offensive line. They had two of their three tight ends. So what, what's going on? Has, has Nick Chubb not been the same since he came back from his injury? Yeah, I mean, that, that could be part of it. You know, I mean, is that a question worth asking? I think, I think it's definitely something to, to think about. Has he been... Maybe has he lost just a little step from the sprained MCL? I, I don't know. I mean, we know that the Ravens are good against the run. They're excellent against the run. But the Raiders aren't. They're 26th against the run. I mean, they, they were not good against the run. So I was very surprised that it went like that. And and I and I don't know. It's just it's just not what I was expecting. They I feel like they should have done better in that regard. Yeah, and again, maybe maybe Nick Chubb isn't 100. You know, I don't know, but I mean, Dearness Johnson is a decent running back. I mean, he's a good running back. He's shown he can run in this system and, and be productive. So, you know, I'm not saying that you know he's going to be Kareem Hunt, but he can at least produce a little right. bit in, in the run game. I don't know. It's it's just I, I don't know if this season is going to end with the Colts going to like the AFC Championship game and us sitting here wondering like, well, why couldn't the Browns have done that? Right. I know it's, it's pretty darn interesting um, to see what they have been able to do in that regard. And, and here's the other thing about that. That's, that's one of the reasons why I do kind of wonder what's going to happen, you know, with the Browns, because if they go into Heinz field, that's a good defense. That's a good defense yeah. playing against a team that has, scored 17 points or fewer in nine of the last 11 games, regardless of who's in and regardless of who's out. That's the result that they keep getting, right? Doesn't matter if Nick Chubb comes back. Doesn't matter if, you know, Jarvis is back. Doesn't matter. If whatever that case is starting or Nick is starting or, or Baker's starting, they're scoring 17 points or fewer. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's what they've done. It's been so weird to see that when, you just know that they're 
capable of so much more than that with the talent they have on this team. It has been a bizarre sight to behold. Yeah, for sure. Well, three games left, one on Christmas here against the Packers and then two, uh, two AFC North games. As we set off the top, season is far from over. A lot of things can go the Browns' way, but it's going to be difficult. And how about Joe Hayden still making game-clinching plays? I know. <laughs> I know. It's a, it, it is amazing. And I was thinking about this. I wrote a column uh, after the game really trying to think critically about what is coming for the Browns, right? And we, know, we all know about what's coming when they go into Lambeau and they have to face the Packers, you know, providing everybody is intact. Um, but then, then, you know, you really got to think about your second straight road game going into Heinz field and you've got TJ Watt who, when he's healthy, he's dynamite. I, I mean, he, I think he's making a very strong case for defensive player of the year. I know Micah Parsons is getting all the, the love on that right now, but I don't know. I think TJ's making a really, really strong case as well. Um, and that's another thing we should talk about real quick, Dan. Miles Garrett, if he doesn't play in this game, it's going to severely crimp his chances yeah. for trying to make NFL Defensive Player of the Year. As it is right now, he's slipped a third on the NFL sack leaderboard with Robert Quinn jumping over him into second place with two sacks last night. So Miles is now third. And he only has one strip. So, you know, there are some guys ahead of him, I think, just from a, a rusher standpoint. And he was going to need to really finish strong to make a run at that, which to him, he doesn't even like he wants to make the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl. But along the way, that's one of his individual goals that he would like to achieve. It's starting to look uh, now that like that might start to be a little bit of a long shot for him. Well, it, you know what? You make a couple big plays on Christmas and then on right. Monday night football in front of national audiences that could completely change right. that discussion. So it's, Absolutely. it's still right. It's still right there. And then who knows that Bengals game gets moved to Sunday night football. Right. You have three games here where you might have a chance to make right. big game changing plays in front of national audiences. And that's when you start to reinsert yourself into that discussion. Right. And, and that's why they, everyone has to hope that he's healthy enough to go do that because it changes the course of, of the AFC North and the playoffs and everything. If you've got miles here in the football game. Okay. There we go. Our, uh, two, our Wednesday edition of the orange Brown talk podcast, the Hey Mary Kay edition. Uh, we're going to be right back on schedule. Now, after this, we're going to have got to watch the tape coming on Thursday and then our round table on Friday where we, where we will preview the Packers game. And of course we'll have our post game pod uh, after that game on Christmas to kind of get you through uh, your post Christmas I don't know, whatever your post-Christmas hangover, whatever, it's whatever you want to call it, whatever it is post-Christmas, we're going to get you through that with our, our post-game podcast right after that game. So make sure you're subscriber if you listen to your podcast. And of course, make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber. That's where we got all our questions from for this. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner. Okay, I will talk to you later. Sounds great. <laughs>